Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Raider Nation and let's go week 18 just pod baby brought to you by sportsnot.com it's the final week of the 2022 season Saturday afternoon kickoff 415 eastern time in Las Vegas against the bitter division rival the Kansas City Chiefs I'll be looking forward to that one nothing on the line for the Raiders unfortunately they were officially eliminated from the playoffs last week with that Closely contested loss in overtime to the 49ers it was a good effort great great performance by Jarrett Stidham um, but I, I'm looking for the Raiders to play spoiler this week. That's what I'm looking for. And that could really help out a team, a city, and a fan base that could use it right now. I'll expand on some of that idea in just a moment. And uh, just to get me the rundown, rundown of the show this week, I was really hoping to avoid the Derek Carr conversation this week. week I really was. I've been trying to stay out of the debates, the car wars on Twitter and on social media. And I just want to focus on moving forward. Not looking back at what was, but what is to come for the Raiders. But then our good friend of the show, Vinny Bonsignor, he's a guy who's been on the show many times over the years. He released a story this week that is a bit of a bombshell. There's some stuff in there, some some news nuggets in there regarding Derek Carr and and how the team felt about him this year. And, and I'm sure by now many of you have, have had a chance to read it. Uh, So we will dissect that story a little bit and what we learned from it, and I'll give you some of my personal feelings on it as well. I think there's a couple questions that could be raised from it. I'll get get into that a little bit later on. Another big news topic this week with the Raiders were the comments made by Devontae Adams when he met with the media on Wednesday afternoon and, and why his comments have made Raider fans breathe a sigh of relief and put a big smile on their face. We'll get into some of that. And then in segment two, um, the big conversation will be all about Josh Jacobs. We all know that a very big offseason is on the horizon for the Raiders. Who the next quarterback will be? What will they do with the first round draft pick? They're going to have a lot of money to spend. Who are the free agents that they're looking to bring in? Those are the topics that are going to dominate the conversation over the next couple of months. But one of the other big looming decisions for Dave Ziegler, and I think it's going to be one of his most important decisions of the offseason, is what to do with Josh Jacobs. We know that he was not offered the fifth-year extension, and I was on board with that decision. And I was on board with that decision through most of the season, despite how well Jacobs has been playing. I have since changed my mind. And um, if you listen to the show this season, I've been very consistent with that take on re-signing Josh Jacobs or offering him an extension or however they could get it done. I've been consistent with that. But in light of the recent news regarding the quarterback situation with the Raiders, I've had a change of heart. And I'm going to explain why. And I'd also like to know your thoughts on that once we get to that point. Let me know what you think. You can reach out to me uh, on Twitter and also at justpodbaby.com. 
And the last thing that I wanted to get to real quick before we jump into it is please subscribe to the show. I say it all the time. I say it every week. Please go out there and do it. Some of you may be out there listening for the first time. And so if you like what you hear, click the subscribe button. Also, go out there and tell a friend about the show. If you've got Raider fans or Raider friends who are fans, let them know if they're looking for a new Raiders podcast. I'll be here with you all throughout the offseason, through free agency, through the draft. You name it, I will have you covered. And you can also find me on Twitter at egroat 5 My DMs are always open. So there is a lot to do here this week on the show. But I do want to begin with some non-Raiders news. Of course, I'm talking about DeMar Hamlin and the tragedy that occurred on Monday night. Just a horrific event. Uh, But it does look like now that the week has progressed here, we've also seen some some good progress from DeMar. It looks like we're going to get a happy ending. And DeMar just continues to make just spectacular progress. I mean, I am amazed by what has transpired here in the past five or six days. Uh, we, we, We heard that he woke up on Wednesday was able to communicate non-verbally on paper um, to his parents, to his nurses and doctors, and appears to be neurologically intact, which is a miracle um, after what he went through. And we learned Friday morning that he had the breathing tube removed and is now able to verbally communicate with, again, his family, his doctors, caregivers, and even was on a FaceTime call during one of the Bills, uh, Buffalo Bills team meetings. So I can only imagine um, how their spirits were lifted uh, around you know, the Bills organization and, and his family and close friends and, and really just everyone in the country who's been in support of him. And, and so you could not have asked for a better outcome in this just what was a horrible, horrible situation, a very frightening one for people who are watching it. And, you know, we will continue to pray for DeMar. I know I will be. And, and, you know, quickly before I move into some Raiders talk, because that is why you guys tune in, but this was just such a, a story that had to be discussed here. You're hearing it everywhere. I just want to say that I personally, I think it's great to see how this has brought everyone together, the country, different sports leagues, celebrities. Uh, You saw even the president reached out to the family of DeMar Hamlin, everyone in support of him and his family. And it just, I can't imagine what they're going through and and how it must make them feel to to have all this support. You know about the GoFundMe page, which has raised millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, And so it's been really, really great to see and I know that the, the the Bills organization, you know, obviously uh, appreciates it. His family does. And, and being here in Buffalo, I see the impact that it's having on the community as well. And and as I've as you know, I do live here in, in Western New York, um, just outside of you know Buffalo in the, in the suburbs. Um, this town and this football team and, and these people. These fans, they need it, and, and and DeMar Hamlin's family needs it as well. It's been a very, very difficult stretch here of about seven months for the people of Western New York. There's been mass shootings, snowstorms that have taken that, that took lives. The, the death toll continues to rise from that storm. Um, they just announced that their longtime play-by-play man, John Murphy, suffered a stroke. 
and and of course we all know about their beloved uh, you know Damar Hamlin and his near death experience. It's just been a very very difficult stretch for the people around this um, part of the state, Western New York, and um, you know they don't have a whole lot here. We, you know Buffalo, there's not a whole lot going on here. You know it's not the most exciting place to live, but these people, these fans, they rally around their sports team, the Buffalo Sabres and the Buffalo Bills. So they are looking for something positive to cling on. And that is why at the top of the show, um, I suggested that the Raiders play spoiler this week. And and we will now transition into the Raiders here a bit. The NFL has not yet come out, um, at least I haven't seen it yet at the time of this recording, with what the exact plan is for determining the seedings for the AFC playoffs. I have heard different scenarios where maybe they'll offer a neutral site um, AFC championship game, depending on the outcome of this weekend's games. We do know the Bills and Bengals game um, would have had major implications on the playoff seedings in the AFC, um, and we know that game will not be made up. So what I'm here to say right now is I'm here to rally Raider Nation. Let's, Let's show support even more support than, than you've already shown for Buffalo and, and and the Bills. Let's do our part. Let's let's hope that the Raiders do their part to win the game on Saturday. Because that is the one of the only things that could be standing in the way of the Chiefs winning the number one seed is if the Raiders can defeat them on Saturday. And so if you are going to the game, cheer loud. If you're not, cheer loud from your couch. That's what I'll be doing. And and not only would a Raiders win help out Buffalo, who needs it badly, who also, keep in mind, Buffalo went into Arrowhead earlier this season and beat the Chiefs, and so did the Bengals. So that really bugs me personally that the Chiefs could op- could still get that number one seed knowing that they lost to both Buffalo and and the Bengals. But anyhow, that's, that's a whole other story. But what... You know, what Raiders fan doesn't want to see the Chiefs get knocked off here, right? (laughs) Not to be a, you know, sour fan here, but, you know, we don't want to see the Chiefs get awarded that number one seed uh, in a a scenario where I don't think they deserve it. That's just me. But I'm personally hoping to see that the Raiders, I'm hoping that they just solve this debate on the field for the NFL and takes it out of their hands. So Raider fans... Cheer hard for your team this week. I'm looking for the Raiders to play spoiler. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to think that the Raiders can actually win this game on Saturday. The offense showed last week that they can score plenty of points against the top defense in the NFL. I don't think they'll have an issue uh, scoring points. I will say Josh Jacobs has not practiced the last couple of days. He's listed as questionable right now. I would say it's, it's highly doubtful that he plays. That would be a big hit to that offense. Um, but the Chiefs defense, certainly not to the caliber of the 49ers. We all know the Raiders defense is going is going to uh, have to put a better put together a better effort than they did last week. They're not going to be facing Brock Purdy. Mahomes is a, on a whole other planet. Uh, but the Chiefs, they have been vulnerable in the last few games. They played in some closer than normal games against some bad teams, had an overtime win against the Texans, had another close game last week against the Broncos. And so 
there's been some chinks in the armor uh, with them, and, and so we'll see. But I wanted to get some of those thoughts out there on the top at the top of the show on Demar Hamler, uh, Hamlin, excuse me, and, and that situation, and, and just kind of have a little fun with you know trying to rally you guys up for the you know to help Buffalo out uh, with the playoff seedings there in the AFC. So that was topic number one this week. Number two. The number two topic that I wanted to get to is Vinny Bonsignor's bombshell report in the Review Journal on Wednesday. And this is all according to his report. I'm going to read some of this word for word directly from his story. And I quote, the Raiders concluded that Derek Carr was not a long-term fit within weeks of the start of the season. And to me, that is a stunning revelation to, to, to learn that they felt that strongly about you know, his place in this organization going forward, I'm almost shocked to hear that, to be honest, now that the season is nearly complete. But um, Vinny continued to say, uh, benching him eliminated the risk of a $40 million injury guarantee kicking in had he gotten hurt in the final two games of the season. The Raiders were determined not to be handcuffed to a quarterback they no longer believed in and one that represented a major drag on their 2023 Salary cap. Now, the second part of that quote that I just read, that was something that we we knew, we knew, and we understood. Most of us understood, anyways. I still think there's some of the some portion of the fan base out there that is not fully understanding that it was more of a business decision. And and I, and I talked about it at length in last week's show. It became a business decision, and it became even more about a business decision when they decided that he was no longer in the long-term plans. He was not going to be a part of the future. And we now know that 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 occurred very early on in the season, which brings me to where we are, brings me to my next point. And I, and I think that there's some questions that should be asked. Um, just some thoughts that popped into my mind when I was reading this story from Vinny. Um, the first one for me is the first thought is that I think this explains a little bit about the behavior of Derek Carr this year. And you know, you and I, we're not in the locker room. We're we're not we're not there to see what's truly going on. But we just hear what we hear from the 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 beat writers who are close to the team and who follow the team. But based on what we saw from Derek Carr in press conferences some of his body language, some of the comments that he made, even the game where he broke down in tears. Um, there was a rumor going on uh, out there that he was not himself this year. He was a little bit off. And at the time, I didn't think anything of it. But looking back on it, did he have an you know inclination that, that the end was near? I mean, I'm purely speculating at this point, but it does make you wonder... When you look back on on some of those things, um, but getting back to to the questions that I think should be raised, um, number one for me is if you knew Derek Carr wasn't your guy after a few weeks or a couple of weeks even before the season or a couple of weeks into the season, why would you continue to run him out there as your starting quarterback as long as you did? I think that's a fair question. Now, I'm not suggesting that they should have looked to trade him before the deadline, but if correct me if I'm wrong, the trade deadline is was this year was the second week of November, I believe, and at that point the Raiders were 2 and 6. They did go on to lose that next game to fall the 2 and 7. That was the embarrassing loss to the Colts, the Jeff Saturday game. So at that point in my mind, 
why not go to Stidham right there? Why not go to Stidham right there? Because although the chances were very, very slim, did Stidham give you a better chance to win at that point? Now, I have the, the benefit of hindsight. I have We have now seen Stidham perform in one game, which is not a large sample size, but he performed very well. So if you knew that Carr wasn't the fit for your system and you had any thoughts that possibly Stidham would be a better person to lead you, could that have turned the season around? I mean, we, we will never know. Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, that's something that crossed my mind. And I fully acknowledge that making a change on offense wouldn't have done anything to help the defense who played poorly in many of those losses. But that's another thing that I've been very consistent on throughout the season is the offense also played a role in a lot of these blown leads. It was multiple problems, coaching, poor defense, and lack of offense as well. Too many quarters where they had leads and they didn't they didn't make first downs, they didn't establish drives. Too many halves where they weren't able to put up points. So to me, if you thought that you could still salvage your season and you knew Derek Carr wasn't your guy, then I, I, I would have thought that move could have been made earlier. So that was the, the first question that crossed my mind. And the second question is, okay, if you are 2-6, and 2-7, and seven, again, not mathematically eliminated, but at that point, the percentages of making the playoffs, we know were low. It was well discussed. You know, The data was out there. Uh, making the playoffs very, very unlikely at that point why not still why not make the move i mean you you could you could have made the move depending on where you felt whether you felt you could still salvage the season or whether whether you felt the season was over make the move regardless because now you're in a situation where you only have two games to evaluate stidham and game action and i was asked this question i do a weekly radio spot um with a show out in california they asked me that very question do you think two games is enough to evaluate and I don't think it is. What if Stidham goes out there and balls out again this week? Aren't you going to wish that you could have had a third, fourth, and maybe even a fifth game to assess him now that you don't have a quarterback for the future? That would have been nice to know what you have going forward. Is he a legitimate candidate to compete for the job? Do you want to bring him back as your backup because he is a free agent this season? So I think that I know it must have been a very difficult decision for McDaniels to make, considering Derek Carr's status in the locker room. He was a captain of the team, very well respected, liked by his teammates. So I'm sure there was some fear there by McDaniels to put Carr on the bench earlier and fear that he may lose the locker room. And, you know, so those are some of the thoughts that were probably going through his head. But to me, I think... The move, looking back on it, definitely should have occurred much sooner. However you want to look at it, this was a big-time story that that Vinny dropped on us. And, and personally, as I said, I'm hoping that going forward, we don't have any more stories like this come out because I'm ready to look forward. I'm ready to think about and, and look ahead to the future. Stuff like this is just continuing to divide the fan base. Again, I've tried to stay out of it this week. I'm I'm excited for the future and, and what's in store for the Raiders ahead. All right, with that being said, I do want to step aside and get to a break now. Still lots to do this week on the show. When I come back, 
We will listen to Devontae Adams and his comments about his future with the Raiders and why he put a huge smile on the uh, face of fans this week and why I believe Dave Ziegler should think long and hard about keeping Josh Jacobs around for at least another season. I know. I flip-flopped my position. Let me explain why. All of that coming up in segment number two of Just Pod Baby, brought to you by SportsNot.com. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I I came here, you know, I wouldn't have been here or ended up here um, originally probably, you know, if Derek wasn't here, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I won't be here, you know, in, in the event that he's not here. Um, he's my, that's, that's my boy. Obviously, I got his back through anything. I think I've made that more than clear at this point, and, and I support him and support everything that he has, um, you know, moving forward as well. But, um, you know, my, my dream was to play for this team before he was a Raider, obviously. And at this point, I want to, you know, obviously try to make this thing work and, and, and continue on doing what I'm doing here and, um, you know, myself get better and obviously see the team grow and get better as well. Welcome back, everyone. That was Devontae Adams. You heard there bringing us in from the break. Please make sure you go out there and subscribe to the show. If you could, please also leave me a positive review and rating. That would help me out as well. One segment down, one to go. And we start with the comments made by Devontae Adams. And he was starting to concern some folks out there, mostly fans. I don't believe there was any concern within the fan or within the organization. How upset was he with his close friend going to to the bench and no longer in the team's long-term plans? I think that question has now been answered. Clearly, Devontae Adams wants to be a Raider. He will be a Raider going forward. And I was never buying into that whole narrative that he was going to want to move on. I just really wasn't. Um, I believe I talked about it on the show last week. I know I tweeted it out before. Um, but he he pointed it out very eloquently there that he was a fan of the Raiders before Derek Carr was even drafted by the team. We saw the pictures of Adams wearing the Charles Woodson jersey. He grew up on the West Coast. He grew up a Raiders fan. It's been his childhood dream to play for the team. And, and, and so when he had an opportunity to leave Green Bay the Raiders in Vegas became an attractive option for many reasons. One of them was his great, great close college friend and teammate. Derek Carr is the quarterback for the team. We all know that. And as Adams has told us many times, that was a major, major part of it. But the other part of it that I think many people have not been focusing enough on is that he's got a family on the West Coast and he is now closer to them and they can come watch him play. If I'm not mistaken, his grandmother saw him play for the first time ever in person this year in Vegas, the first time ever. And that they just were not able to make that happen when he was playing a little bit further away in green Bay. And so that is, that is, that has not been, that's been underestimated that, that factor in all of this and in his love for the Raiders organization as a child growing up as a fan. The other thing I want to point out here is that a lot of people um, forget that he only played one year in the NFL with Derek Carr. So he wasn't you know, tied to Derek Carr. He's play- you forget, he played eight years of his NFL career, very, very successful eight years with another team, with another quarterback. So although they're very close friends, I never, I never thought for a second 
that he would he would want to go anywhere. I just I didn't believe it. Um, so I'm glad that we can finally put all of that to rest. I think all around the fan base, I don't think you're going to find anyone who who has an issue with this. So that is definitely one thing that I think everyone's agreeing on is that they're happy to see Devontae Adams stay in the silver and black. And speaking of silver and black, those Devontae Adams jerseys that you had, you're gonna you're gonna be keeping them for a little bit longer. So no need to worry about that. Now I want to wrap up the show with my final discussion topic, and that is Josh Jacobs. Now I've changed my mind on him. I still don't love the idea of, of paying a running back top dollar. These these contracts usually generally come back to haunt the team in the later years of the deal. But Josh Jacobs, what a contract year. His performance this year has really made it tough not to strongly consider it if you're Dave Ziegler. It does look like he's going to miss the game this week, though. On Saturday, he did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. I think he's listed as questionable at this point from what I read. Um, but he should still win the rushing title. He has a pretty decent lead over Nick Chubb of the Browns, but a sensational year from him, 1,608 yards rushing on tw- uh, 323 carries. That's five yards per per carry, 12 rushing touchdowns, and he was a target for Derek Carr in the passing game this, while, uh, this year, catching 51 balls, um, three shy of his career high, which was 54, which came a couple years ago. And so he got a, a full workload this year, 373 touches altogether, a true workhorse back. And I always get concerned about players having a career year during a contract year. You've seen it so many times in other sports. You've seen it in football. Um, and, and those those worries, they're still there for me. But now that you have uh, $34 million coming off the books next year in 2023 without Derek Carr. I I think considering giving some of that money to Jacobs wouldn't be the worst uh, choice that you could make at this point. Now, ideally, if I was in charge, I would have to give strong consideration to using the franchise tag on him. And I know that players um, generally don't like being tagged because it doesn't give them any security long-term. And I did look at the number. According to overthecap.com, it looks like the projected franchise tag number for a running back in 2023 is $10 million. And I think that's a good number. I, I think I, I like that idea. I don't think that's, you know, you get him back in the building for one more year. You aren't tied to him long-term. You see what you, you get from him one more year. See if you can put it together, uh, a really solid year of production of good health. And you don't totally break the bank as well. So the franchise tag to me, I think would be option number one. Um, another thing why I think it would be a good idea to um, keep him around is because depending on who they plan to play quarterback next season, you want to make sure you have a stable running back, whether that's Jarrett Stidham, whether that's um, a, 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 a Jimmy Garoppolo, or even a rookie quarterback, you want to make sure that you, you are taking some of that pressure off that quarterback uh, with a strong, stable running game. Now, Tom Brady is the most commonly linked quarterback right now uh, for obvious reasons, right? We all know. Um, And what Tom is dealing with right now in Tampa Bay, if you look, is the worst rushing attack in the NFL and a banged-up offensive line that is not doing a great job protecting him. And if you want to attract Tom Brady to Las Vegas, 
I would assume that he's going going to want to have an upgrade on both of those things. He's going to want an upgraded r- rushing attack, and he's going to want an upgraded offensive line. And there's also one other thing that we know about Tom Brady, at least I believe this is the case. At this point in his career, 46 years old, if he is to come back and play another season, he is going to uh, want to be surrounded by a strong supporting cast. That's what he did in Tampa Bay. He's not looking to deal with a roster that doesn't have weapons. And you have weapons with Adams and Renfro. And I mean, who knows what the future holds for Darren Waller. But you have weapons in those three guys. And I know it didn't work out this year. When we talked a lot about it going into the season. Top three, top five weapons on offense with this with this trio. It didn't work out. And they didn't stay healthy. Hopefully that is the case next year. And also... You throw Josh Jacobs into that mix, keeping Jacobs around, I think that would serve as a great selling point to a guy like Tom Brady. You don't want to have your 46-year-old quarterback dropping back to pass a league-high 713 times. 716 times, sorry. And, and that's that's the amount of attempts that that Brady has made this year. And there's still one game to play. So... He's he's had to do far too much for that team this year, um, and, and so you know helping him out with a, a solid run game, like the Raiders had this year, so that that would go a long way, I think. So you have to be able to sell Tom Brady on the idea that he can be successful in this offense. He has the weapons that he needs, and he has an offensive line that will protect him in a running game that he can lean on. And of course, we know the relationship between. Josh McDaniels and his comfort in this system. He's been in it and he played in it for for many, many years and had a lot of success. And I think that the Raiders check all of those boxes with the exception of the, of the offensive line, which is going to be an area where they have to really make big strides next year. Because if you don't upgrade that offensive line, it isn't going to matter who's playing quarterback. They're going to have a difficult time. And so that's why I believe the main focus of the offseason should be to do everything you can to appeal to Tom Brady. And and that's why I that's why I'm speaking about Josh Jacobs because in order to appeal to Tom Brady, I think you got to you got to bring Jacobs back. And just some last final comments on Josh Jacobs. Based on some of the things that we have heard recently or or this season from Josh McDaniels, the way he has spoken so highly of Josh Jacobs, I've always walked away from his press conferences when he talked about Jacobs thinking, man, he he you know, he really likes this guy, or, or Jacobs really grew on him. I mean, some of the things that I recall, and I'm, I'm just paraphrasing here, but I recall things, you know, McDaniel saying things like he loves the way that Jacobs works, gets stronger as the game goes on, never wants to come out of games. He's always talking about that, how he has never seen a guy who doesn't tire. He wants to be in those games. Team first guy. And then there was a comment just a couple of weeks ago, it was recent, where McDaniels basically said that Josh Jacobs represents everything that the new regime is looking for in, in the type of player that they want to bring into this organization. And and really, that was the one. When I heard that, I really started to, to, to think that there was a very strong possibility that he could be back. In addition to that, in addition to that, I, I think he has really taken on and embraced a leadership role with this team. He, he's a captain of the team well-respected in the locker room. You heard him um, you know, speak openly about his frustration 
with the loss a couple of weeks ago in Pittsburgh. And, you know, that's what leaders do. The, you know, they, they aren't afraid to speak their mind. That's what leaders do. And also this week we heard Devontae Adams when, uh, you know, in the press conference that we talked about earlier in the show, Devontae Adams had some really, really good things to say about uh, Josh Jacobs as well. So, you know, I'm convinced that definitely he should be strongly considered to be brought back in 2023. All right, guys and gals, that is going to do it for the show. Another show in the books. Thanks again for joining me. Next week, we'll officially begin the off-season editions of Just Pod Baby, so be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, though, everyone, take care of yourselves. Enjoy the game on Saturday. And just win, baby.